0: giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, Hello and welcome to the program. You are listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am your host, Joey. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. Just type in Joey Clark Radio Hour. Also on SoundCloud and Podbean with podcasts. So if you feel like catching up, please check it out. But it already feels like a holiday. The roads are a little lighter than usual. And I woke up this morning and the pen of Pat Buchanan caught my eye and occupied my mind. And Pat's an interesting character. You know, at the end of my intro there, you hear Ron Paul talking about it is a death struggle for the republic. Pat Buchanan was, I think, an early supporter of Ron Paul. In many ways, Pat Buchanan was a precursor, some might say a John the Baptist type, when it came to the populist campaign of Donald Trump, because Pat ran his own populist campaign in the early 90s. But a big difference between Donald Trump and, I would say, Pat Buchanan, despite Trump's, well, saying he loves the Bible, is I think Pat Buchanan was very much on the conservative values train. And that's the fiery speech he gave at the Republican National Convention in the early 90s. But Trump has moved us in a different direction. It's more anti-political correctness than it is the reestablishment of God in a place in our lives. I don't know if that's necessarily the government's role, to put God at the center of our lives. It does, isn't that our role? Isn't that the church's role? I think so. but Pat has an interesting take today, and it's a common trope he goes back to in his writing. Is America a serious nation? Today, he writes, it's an unserious nation. I want to share a little bit of this with you, give you my take on what Pat Buchanan is getting at. It says, how stands John Winthrop's city upon a hill this Thanksgiving? How stands the country that was to be a light unto the nation? To those who look to cable TV for news, the answer must at least be ambiguous. For consider the issues that have lately convulsed the public discourse of the American Republic. Today's great question seems to be whether our 45th president is a serious sexual predator, as our 42nd president was proven to be and whether the confessed sins of Senator Franken are as great as the alleged sins of Judge Roy Moore. On both questions, the divide is, as ever, along partisan lines. And every day for weeks, beginning with Hollywood King Harvey Weinstein, whose accusers nearly number in three digits, actors, media personalities, and politicians, have been falling like ninepins over allegations and admissions of sexual predation. What is our civil rights issue, and who are today's successors to the Freedom Riders of the 60s? Millionaire NFL players taking a knee during the national anthem, as Pat Buchanan writes to dishonor the flag of their country to protest racist cops. And what was the great cultural issue of summer and fall? An ideological clamor to tear down memorials and monuments to the European discoverers of America, any founding father who owned slaves, and any and all Confederate soldiers and statesmen. Stained glass windows of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson have been removed from the National Cathedral. Plaques to Robert E. Lee and George Washington have been taken down from the walls of the Episcopal Church in Alexandria, where both men worshipped. But the city that bears Washington's name is erecting a new statue on Pennsylvania Avenue. To honor the four-term mayor who served time on a cocaine charge. Cocaine Marion Barry. Whatever side one may take on these questions, writes Pat Buchanan, can a country so preoccupied and polarized on such pursuits be taken seriously as a claimant to be the exceptional nation, a model to which the world should look and aspire? Contrast the social, cultural, and moral morass in which America is steeped With the disciplined proceedings and clarity of purpose, direction and goals of our 21st century rival, uh, the Thucydides trap, Xi Jinping's China. Our elites assure us, writes Pat Buchanan, that America today is a far better place than we have ever known. Surely better than the old America that existed before the liberating cultural revolution of the 60s. Yet, President Trump ran on a pledge to make America great again, implying that while the America he grew up in was great, in the time of Barack Obama, it no longer was. And he won. Certainly, the issues America dealt with half a century ago seem more momentous than what consumes us today. Then Buchanan goes on to talk about the civil rights clashes in '62. And in 63 with Governor George Wallace, Buchanan writes, as civil rights clashes go, this was the real deal. Then there was a Cuban Missile Crisis. Buchanan ends his essay saying, we seemed a more serious and united nation and people then than we are today where so much that roils our society and consumes our attention seems unserious and even trivial. Since 1962, this nation has dethroned God and begun debates about which of the flawed but great men who created the nation should be publicly dishonored. Pat Buchanan asks, are we really a better country today than we were then when all the world looked to America as the land of the future? Now I would say to Pat that because the country tackled so many issues in the 60s because there was a cultural revolution in the 60s that the nation has been made better off today because of those huge issues the nation tackled in the 60s. Because you have to take the good and the bad. I look at the cultural revolution of the 60s and I see people yearning to be free. Yearning to express themselves in new ways. Children of those who fought in the last world war. Looking to find themselves and they didn't always go down good paths. Sometimes their creativity led them to blind alleys. Yes, I think sometimes the longing for neutrality and for equality has lost its sense of moderation, more importantly, its sense of liberty. But this isn't the first time this year that Pat Buchanan asked, are we a serious nation? Or is the United States a nation at all? Yes, it's a common trope Buchanan uses, and he wrote this past 4th of July that Jefferson spoke of the one people. The Constitution, of course, begins with we the people. And who were these people? Buchanan writes in Federalist No. 2, John Jay writes that of them as... One united people descended from the same ancestors speaking the same language, professing the same religion attached to the same principles of government very similar in their manners and customs Buchanan asks if such are the elements of nationhood and peoplehood can we still speak of Americans as one nation and one people? We no longer have the same ancestors they are of every color and from every country We do not speak one language, but rather English, Spanish, and a host of others. We long ago ceased to profess the same religion. We are evangelical Christians, mainstream Protestants, Catholics, Jews, Mormons, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, agnostics, and damn dirty atheists like myself. Federalist number two, writes Buchanan, celebrated our unity. Today's elites proclaim that our diversity is our strength. But is this true or a tenet of trendy ideology? Y'all remember when the guy shot up Republican lawmakers on the baseball field? Well, Fareed Zakaria wrote at that time, the political polarization that is ripping this country apart is about identity, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, social class. He might have added religion, morality, culture, and history. And when I first started reading this by Buchanan, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. like, Like, that we can only have a nation if we share the same religion, the same traditions. Well, Buchanan, in my opinion, redeems himself a little bit. He again, Buchanan, cites the Declaration of Independence. Quote, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them. Are we approaching such a point? Could the Constitution, as currently interpreted, win the approval of two-thirds of our citizens and three-fourths of our states? If it were not already the supreme law of the land. How would a national referendum on the Constitution turn out? when many Americans are already seeking a new constitutional convention. All of which invites the question, are we still a nation? And what is a nation? French writer Ernest Renan gave us the answer in the 19th century. And it's a beautiful way to describe nation. A nation is a soul, writes Renan, a spiritual principle. Two things constitute this soul, this spiritual principle. One is the past. The other is the present. One is the possession in common of a rich legacy of memories. The other is present consent, the desire to live together, desire to continue to invent in the heritage that we have jointly received. Of all the cults, that of the ancestors is the most legitimate. Our ancestors have made us what we are. A heroic past with great men and glory is the social capital upon which the national idea rests. These are the essential conditions of being a people, having common glories in the past and a will to continue them in the present. Having made great things together and wishing to make them again. Buchanan asked, does this sound at all like us today? Well, Buchanan says, watching people tear down statues and monuments, renaming buildings and streets, rewriting history books to replace heroes and historical truths with the doing of ciphers, are we disassembling the nation we once were? One loves in proportion to the sacrifices that one has committed and the troubles that one has suffered, writes Renan. One loves the house that one has built and that one passes on. Are we passing on the house we inherited? Or observing its demolition. Well number one. I think Pat coming out with his article today. On Thanksgiving. Misses the idea that because the nation. Has reached a certain status. Of wealth. Of diversity yes. But the general trend of modernity. Towards fragmentation you don't get your news from three networks. You get it from radio stations and websites. From many television networks. You might go to one particular channel for your news and go to a completely other channel for your entertainment. Not to mention all the options you have when it comes to home products and food. Really, this fragmentation, this coming apart as a nation is, in my opinion, not a demolition of the American ideal. And it's not necessarily a sign of decline. It's a sign that people want something different than the binary choice given To Americans and American voters, each election, Democrat or Republican, progressive or conservative, R or D, red or blue, in my opinion, it is the political system that is behind the times. And in many ways, I think Americans are starting to see the writing on the wall. That history does change. That we reinterpret past events and we all have different interpretations of events coming forward. I start off the show by saying, is it really the role of government, let alone federal government, And are politicians running for office to talk about God all the time? Or is that not your role? As an individual, as a local tight-knit community... He talks about Buchanan does. In 1954, the Pledge of Allegiance many of us recited said one nation under God, indivisible. Well, guess what? That's still in the Pledge. But it wasn't added to the Pledge until around the time the Cold War got going. How was a nation religious and brought together by their faith if it wasn't in a pledge? A pledge, by the way, written by a Socialist Who wanted national unity Don't look it up Francis Bellamy The Bellamy salute Is pretty much the exact same as the Nazi salute Thus the salute was changed I think all this idea of Is America a serious or an unserious nation Is it a nation at all Well yes it is a nation In fact it is many nations and it always has been it has always been a diverse country diversity has only grown now is it a serious nation well I don't see why Buchanan is so flippant flippant so dismissive of things like Harvey Weinstein and all these people being called out for their sexual misconduct. Now there is a spectrum. What Harvey Weinstein did is not necessarily the same thing as what Al Franken did. Especially according to law that is already on the books. And I think Buchanan's Puritan side is poking from under the sheets. He's peeking. That any talk of sex, in particular sexual predation, is just silly season. Well, I have to disagree, Pat. And the idea that people cannot change the monuments, cannot change what they wish to celebrate, is absurd. Must I always be tied to the monuments built by people a few generations before me? America is a very young country. Is, must history stop now? Don't get me wrong. I'm not in any mood to go tear down any statues. I think taking the plaques for Robert E. Lee and George Washington off that Episcopal church is silly. But history keeps on going. And when we start asking, oh, was the nation great at the beginning or will the nation be great going into the future, we're playing a dangerous game that nobody can answer. Imagine you go back to the year 1900, right at the turn of the 20th century, and you ask people, will it be doom and gloom or will there be remarkable achievements The enrichment and the flourishing of humankind. Well, an honest observer. Maybe an observer has gone back in time to the turn of the 20th century and there are people there. And people living and not knowing what the future will hold. Who asks this time traveler, what's it going to be like? Doom and gloom or enrichment and flourishing? And our time traveler says, both, millions of people will die in what are called world wars, meat grinders, horrific warfare never before seen on this earth that could very well be described as hell on earth. But also, says our time traveler, do you see that moon in the sky? A few decades later somebody will walk on it. A man from this country will walk on it. There will also be these things called video that can capture the everyday life you see and only hold as a memory. recorded audio, broadcasting to everyone. And eventually that'll go from you having to have huge capital costs and institutions in order to broadcast and share information to now, with machines more powerful than the machines that took men to the moon, you can communicate not only across the country, but the globe. It is always both. And I always worry When even very learned men like Pat Buchanan start asking, especially in their twilight years, are we a great nation? And things just aren't like they used to be. We used to be so serious. Excuse me, pardon me. I think just picking a few slices of pop culture, and that's what a lot of political culture has become, pop culture in the modern era. And comparing it to the past struggles doesn't cut it. I think when we get silly, and certainly political discourse in this nation has become quite silly at times, it should be a sign that we are, in fact, so rich, so secured in our liberties, that we have to find new things to bitch about. Some of them phantoms and ridiculous. Other other problems incredibly real and pervasive. I do not think America is one nation in terms of a shared culture. Unless we are willing to accept that America is a nation that should be founded... ...was founded on liberty. And if we return to that cornerstone... ...we will see that what's actually demolishing the nation is removing the keystone. But the reason you see so many people bickering as Fareed Zakaria said... ...after the baseball field shooting that we are polarized... Ripping this country apart based on identity, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, social class, religion, and morality, culture, and our interpretations of history. When people are secure in their freedom to speak as they wish, to think as they wish, to pursue their happiness without trampling on the rights and the happiness of others... Then uncertainty becomes our friend. You don't have to put God in the pledge or say a prayer in school because you know you have the God-given freedom to go out and say a prayer any day you want. In your own mind or at your local churches. And on the street corners if you like. You don't have to look to your political leaders to save the greatness of the nation because you know the greatness is up to you. And the freedom you are given by nature and nature's God. Because you know your freedom is secure, you're happy to hash out different interpretations of history. Yes, it's great to look at the great men that founded the nation, but let's also look at the vagabonds and the renegades that were also doing the living and dying back when Washington and Adams and Jefferson were writing and leading the government. What were the everyday lives of people in the U.S. like back then? Yes, it's all right to also look at the history of civil rights leaders, of feminist leaders, women's rights leaders. To look at incredible innovators and entrepreneurs. It is fine, in my opinion, when you are secure in your liberty and not threatened by the march of an omnipotent government. It is fine to discuss all these things. But I think everybody knows that our rights aren't that secure. That we have built this Leviathan in D.C. And fear of that power or lust for that power, envy for that power. Is making us look at all our interpretations of history and the future of this world. Making us suspicious... Am worried that if we don't seize the power of that leviathan in D.C., that omnipotent government, then our interpretation will be lost. It's not diversity that's tearing us apart. It's not competing interpretations of where we're going and where we've been. What's tearing us apart is the power we have given the people. Again, this nation was founded understanding that the king could not be trusted, emperors throughout history could not be trusted, that power corrupts. And absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. And so they limited even the power of the people But over two centuries, those limits have been broken in many ways. In the turmoil of the 1930s, our economic rights were made playthings for the whims of the people and for special interests. And thank God, thank nature, that we have not had some other rights put up to the whims and the will of the people yet, such as our right to speak and to believe what we wish and to practice that belief. So I think the United States and much of the Western world faces a difficult choice. Either continue to build the Tower of Babel thinking that our struggles for political power are the most important things before us. Or realize you can build your own home and your own life as long as you respect the same for others. That peace is possible, even with men and women who come from completely different backgrounds. We either bet on power and political control, or we bet on liberty and the ingenuity and imagination, the spirit of the American people. Yes, America is a very serious nation. It's also frivolous. It's allowed to do both at the same time. That is what is the magic of a market society. That you can have very serious people manning the gates and creating industry, but you can also have very frivolous people creating the arts, creating culture. And the two work together just fine. So I'm not sure exactly... Why Pat Buchanan is so worried. That we dethrone God. I think most Americans still believe in God. And I wish we could have more of a conversation. About exactly what that means. Rather than hold it up as... uh, reason why we're crumbling. A topic so complex, a topic so personal, shouldn't be devolved into a political slogan to express our angst with the world. So let's talk about God and religion and morality. Let's talk about sex and race and everything between. And just take a step back and imagine you don't have to compete for political power. If you didn't have to compete for that power, if you weren't given just the binary choice, Republican or Democrat, how would you talk about those issues? I'd imagine it would look quite differently. That if we addressed all these issues that seem to divide us so much through the lens of liberty rather than through the fight over political control, we would be able to figure it out. wouldn't be utopia. I think it would be a much more worthwhile discussion. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. The album of the day is The Ladder. Have to walk the steps in between, folks. I'll be right back after this short break. Four Hour News Talk Station, News Talk ninety three point one FM, WACV. Hey everybody, Troy, Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. You know when I look at how we can progress into the future or how we should just put one foot in front of the other, how a culture of liberty can be sustained and blossom even further, it has to be based on a humble uncertainty that we don't know exactly what will be the course of human history and human events. Rather than jumping from Beginning to end, looking for ultimate answers all the time, from some primordial state of nature to sublime visions of a utopian future. The living story of liberty will be written as a balancing act between these bookends. We may have faith in our political ideals, whether they be liberty or equality or solidarity. Maybe they're power and violence. I might hold the firm conviction that liberty is the best way forward, the best way to bring about prosperity and flourishing. But always such a faith that should be a bit uneasy, a bit uncertain. Doubt is the friend, not the enemy, of a hearty and healthy faith. I mean, left solely to nature, and if we have no faith at all, our time truly does seem to be borrowed, our lives meaningless, fragmented, nasty, brutish. In short, our deaths inescapable. Thus, in the face of this tragic fact, we interlace our mortal coils with poetry and myth, hoping to either make sense of nature's retribution or escape it entirely through political glory or supernatural salvation. But in so doing, the most important things in our lives become the narratives we weave for ourselves. Our deepest held convictions and beliefs are first found in the fabric of our fictions. So whether our faith, especially in the political arena, is in God first and foremost, or the rights of man, or in the will of the people in society, or in the lights of science, or the imagination of art and poetry, or on the cornerstone of liberty, our conviction should never relinquish the strife of doubt. When a culture becomes infused with a sense of inevitability, our collective imagination gets the best of us. Rather than solely speculating on our own individual lives, society begins to speculate the trajectory of its whole history and regarded speculations as gospel. Prophecy becomes self fulfilling. Faith becomes hubris. Progress becomes defined in certain terms and formal processes. But if we forget the uncertain, Nature underlying our creativity. Well, it reminds me of the proverb pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When successful societies forget their ideals, are basically volatile fictions, best guesses full of uncertainty and prone to tumult, well, they run the risk of taking their own prophecies and ideals too seriously and becoming subject to the backlash that has happened to many societies in history's wake. Before I begin the show with Pat Buchanan talking about, is America a serious nation? Well, Pat, honestly, I think the United States of America takes itself way too seriously. Way too seriously. We're too reliant on old forms and all oh, things used to be so great. I mean, we must have had a beginning and will one day have an end, we tell ourselves, but there's no certain Event. If you go back to the founding of this nation, again, you're a time traveler and you go back to the founding, do you think everything was as it is written in our history books? Goodness, no. The world life is too complicated. Most historians, even ones that try to base their narratives off facts and multiple sources, will have to admit to you that they pick and choose which facts To assemble together into a story. And there's going to be some stuff left out. The only certainty we may possess is that our creative uncertainty, an ongoing process of creation in an ever-changing world, where we perform the symbolic act of breathing spirit into our past traditions worth saving, And we create life out of the mundane clay of cliché. These big questions, really, at the end of the day, aren't the end-all, be-all. You know, the song I've been playing, the album of the day, is The Ladder, by Prince from his 85 album, Around the World in the Day. The little monologue at the beginning. It says, Once upon a time in a land of sin aplenty, well, that's clever, Prince, sin aplenty, there lived a king who didn't deserve to be. Who knew not where he came from, nor where he was going. He never once said thank you, never please. Now this king, he had a subject, subject named Electra who loved him with a passion uncontested for him each day She had a smile, but it didn't matter. The king was looking for the ladder. Everybody's looking for the ladder. Everybody wants salvation of the soul. The steps you take are no easy road, but the reward is great for those who want to go. Everybody's looking for the answers, how the story started and how it will end. But what's the use in half a story, half a dream? You have to climb all the steps in between. Now this king, who didn't deserve to be is so distracted by his search for the latter and you could say that's a search for political glory and the success of the culture you want to see across the nation or the earth or spiritual salvation in the afterlife well this king's so obsessed with these things that he forgets the very person his subject who loves him the most He forgets the present moment. He loses his his sense of earthly proportion because he is so fixated on finding the ultimate answers. How the story started and how it will end. He forgets to walk the journey of his life in uncertain faith. Whether in God or man or science or history. Or art or liberty, but he forgets his faith is uncertain and he loses out on the love in the moment. I hope those of you who wish to see liberty win the day do not suffer the same fate as this fictional king. I hope the patriots out there, those that bleed red, white, and blue, don't get so worried about where the culture is going that they in fact damn the culture when it's still doing incredible things. I hope those who are worried about losing a sense of history or where we come from or a sense of nationhood or unity realize that Well, sometimes you have to let people breathe a bit and go their own way for them to come together once again. I hope we'll all together in our own way climb all the steps in between the beginning and the end. Ascending the ladder of life into the beautiful unknown with faith in our spirit with faith in man's spirit, if not his politics. Politics is not going to save us, folks. It will be our undoing, if we think that is what has made this country great. It will be all the things that politicians use to divide us that will in fact make us great. And if we might have to sever ties to recognize the many nations in America, so be it. Maybe we need a little more local politics in our lives. But right now, is America a serious nation? Is America a nation at all? I think we're asking the wrong questions there. Excuse me, pardon me, Pat Buchanan. I'm wondering, what can you do to make your own life great, serious? What are you doing to build your own community? It's what I'll be thinking about over the holidays. What are you doing to foster your own family? Now, I have to admit, I haven't always been good at it. Now, I like this king in this song Sometimes get too obsessed with the ultimate answers, how the story started and how it will all end. And I forget, excuse me, pardon me, Mr. Tolstoy, to lick the honey of life. But it's right there. It's always there. What's the cliche? Stop and smell the roses. That's what I plan on doing this holiday weekend. And realize that when it comes to the rest of the world that I can't control, whether it ends in comedy or tragedy, I'm going to enjoy the journey all the same. Thank you for listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I'll be back tomorrow night. Have a little more fun. Tonight I just had to share this. Have a good evening. Now this came yet a subject 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 subject. named Alexa. Not For him each day she had a smile. But it didn't matter, matter. The king, the king, was looking for the latter.